Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 72 of Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay. Hope you're having a fabulous day. And then through the computer there is Randy Cash. Hey, over there. Hey, over there. How are you? It's a great day for some tea. <laughs> you're, having, you're having your evening tea as we record. I am. Some constant comment. This stuff's delicious. You ever had constant comment? It's the best. I- not see i try so hard to be good at the whole like drinking hot tea thing i am from the south my dear if it is not sweet and iced i don't want it i struggle with the other kinds of tea i just i try them and i just can't get behind it i am a straight no sugar in my iced tea at all but my hot tea yeah it's got a little milk and some sugar in there i drink it like a gentleman I may have to try it that way. I don't know. Like I've just, I've tried so many times. I'm not a coffee person either though. Like people think I'm crazy when I say that, but I'm not a coffee or tea person unless it's sweet or iced. And then I'm like, Hey, yeah, sign me up for that. I'm, I'm good with it. Give me a Pepsi. I'll be good to go. You love that Pepsi, don't you? Right. And this show brought to you by, no, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. So, Anyways, yes, I'm, hey, you know, I like that we jump in now and we get started, but I also like hearing what, what craziness you have going on in your life. Constant comment. That's the craziness (laughs) I'm rolling with tonight, man. Is it true that I actually get to see you in person in like three days? Something like that. Yay. I think so. You're going to, you're going to come do some painting for me. I get to see Randy Cash in person. It's been a minute. We will document the occasion on social media, I'm sure, because according to everyone in my life, that's all I do is document my life on social media. So you're welcome. I don't know what to tell you. It is what it is. That being said, though, I guess that could be a boundary violation, but at least I tell you I'm doing it. I don't just do it in the background and not tell you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know me, man. Social media is not really my jam, but I I tolerate it. I use social media. Social media doesn't use me. So we're moving on. I'm shutting up. You do your thing. You're hilarious. No, I I do. I get it. And I think honestly, like this whole boundary thing, setting boundaries with social media is part of it. Maybe we'll do like a wrap up at the end of all seven and do some sort of just like best practices amongst all sorts of platforms and ways of using it. Because honestly, boundaries, you know, when we talk about social media, we've got emotional boundaries that get involved. We've got intellectual boundaries that get involved. We've got time boundaries that get involved. There's a lot of boundaries that get crossed sometimes with the whole social media world. I personally use social media in a very different way than a lot of people. I promote business stuff, which isn't really that unusual, but I also try to use it for good. I figure if it's this source to reach so many people, I don't have to get engaged in the negative discord or the back and forth dialogue or the angry, you know, yelling at each other in the comments. I try to use it to spread hope and positivity and love and light and kindness and all of those things. But I will have real discussions also, like I do it with a real vulnerable, authentic sort of approach. And I I think it's appreciated. I hope it's appreciated. But my whole point is to say there are good ways, maybe and not so great ways to use this little monster of social media, but it's a whole thing. I digress, though, because today we have to dig into sexual boundaries, which if you've been following along, we have physical, emotional and intellectual that we've done in the previous few weeks. What I want you to keep in mind is that when you go to set sexual boundaries, not only is it a separate thing, but you're also including elements of physical, emotional, and intellectual boundaries that get wrapped into the sexual aspect. So it's sort of a, this one might be a little bit of a longer episode. I don't know. I'm going to try to stay not super long-winded, but I feel like there's a lot to cover. So 
When we think about setting sexual boundaries, I think a lot of times we think of them in, you know, the frame of like people that maybe we just met or strangers or people that we don't necessarily want touching us or being sexual with us if we aren't agreeing to that. And although, yes, that is a boundary and something that needs to be set, what I think is focused on a lot less is that sexual boundaries also have to be set and maintained within long-term committed relationships as well. It's not just a given that the minute you're in a long-term relationship, the sexual aspect of things just works. It, it takes work and effort and continual approaches of looking at the boundaries in place. Yeah, it absolutely does. It's not, yeah, it, it's, it's always ongoing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do a lot of work with my clients. I mean, I am a sex therapist, so I spend a lot of time talking about the sexual aspect of relationships. But one of the things we talk a lot about is the idea of safe, sane, and consensual interaction, meaning that everyone is playing in a way that feels safe and is safe for them physically, emotionally, mentally, all of the ways, that everyone is of right, sound mind and body. And this is where we talk about, you know, can you have a few drinks to relax or could you be a little altered? Maybe in a long-term committed relationship, sure, but there are some, you know, elements of how easy is it to consent to activity or behavior if you aren't completely in your right frame of mind. And that's often something that comes up that I think is overlooked, especially in long-term committed relationships. I think we talk about it more in relation to like quick hookups or bar meetings, things like that. And then the consensual piece, you know, I hear all the time like, oh, asking for consent, that that's so lame or, you know, that, you know, it takes the sexiness out of it. And I would argue that the opposite is true by ensuring that the person you're going to interact with wants to actually interact with you. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Like, don't we want everybody to be on the same page about what sexual acts are about to occur? If, if maybe is what's given, maybe isn't a yes. You know, I don't know, isn't a yes. And I think sometimes this is not only overlooked in, you know, meetups or hookups that might occur, but I think it's overlooked in, you know, committed relationships also. And so it's like when people are engaging in sexual acts, I want them to be excited about those acts and be enthusiastically saying yes, or at the very least being able to say, yes, this is something that I want. Like, let's give an example. Let's say you're in a, a relationship and maybe you had plans to have like some sexy time on a Saturday afternoon, but one of you gets a stomach bug and you don't feel your best. I'm not suggesting that you should push through that and go, well, we're, we had we had plans, so therefore we must do it. But let's say you start feeling better. It's okay for you to go, hey, you know, I'd still like to be with you. But if the other person is pressuring you or forcing you or making it seem like somehow you're wrong for saying, hey, look, I'm not feeling up to it. That's a boundary violation. Another boundary violation would be, you know, saying like, well, you're not really saying no, but you're not really saying yes. So as long as I get what I want, I don't care right? That's a boundary violation. And this actually comes up a lot more than you might think in therapy and coaching situations where people are struggling to work out the sexual boundaries where one person wants one thing and the other person wants the other. And then the wires get crossed. No communication is happening. And a lot of assumptions are happening. Yeah, I guess that's just something I'm not familiar with. You know, I try to be very open about my communication and, you know, not like, I'm up front, meaning like I'm overly up front because I'm always trying to be respectful. But no, I do always try to be as polite and kind and open as I possibly can be, you know. Absolutely. 
absolutely. And it's not that hard. I guess that's what I'm getting at is that getting consent, being consensual, being in a partnership where you know what the other person wants and doesn't want. Those are all elements of consent that really aren't hard to, you know, come by for lack of a better word. Um, You know, there's also that whole thing of making sure that whatever acts you're engaging in are are serving both people. Like, it's not to say that every person is going to like what every other person likes. And it's possible that you may have different sexual interests, but you should not feel forced to engage in things that don't fit with who you are or that you aren't at least open to trying. And if you've said no and you've said no again and you've said no again, at some point it starts to feel like a boundary violation if the person continues to ask you to do something that you don't want to do and that you have repeatedly said, no, I don't want to do. Like trying to wear someone down in hopes that eventually they will say yes. That, in my clinical experience, does not usually lead to good things. You know, if it's either going to lead to one person feeling forced or feeling pressured resentment might show up or expectations is a whole other barrel of stuff that we have to talk about when it comes to sexual boundaries. Because if you have an expectation that your partner is going to do X, Y, and Z, and all they want to do is PT and Q, well, you're on different pages. So if you walk into the scenario with one set of expectations and those expectations aren't met, either you're going to start feeling the need to pressure the other person, or you're going to feel really let down that your needs aren't being met. And instead of being able to talk about it, you might take it personally, going back to those four agreements, or you might, you know, feel like, Resentment starts to take over and now you're angry about the fact that your needs aren't being met. It's that whole expectation hangover that we've talked about before where it feels like because your needs aren't being met, now all of a sudden you're mad at your partner for not doing what you want to do rather than getting to the thing beneath the thing that allows you to really talk through if you're on the same page to begin with. I think sex is a subject for a lot of people. They're not necessarily very comfortable bringing it up with their partner, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, when people will ask me, hey, what do you do as a sex therapist? My number one answer to that is I help people learn how to talk about sex in a healthy way, because I think not only do we live in a really like overly sexualized society that's almost terrified to talk about healthy sexual response and healthy sexual interaction, there's a lot of miscommunication and a lot of misinformation out there. So sometimes I think assumptions are happening or, you know, one person thinks that they've been really clear about their expectations. The other person is not on the same page. And then because those wires are crossed, feelings get hurt and someone inevitably feels like they're not being listened to or not being heard. It's not, I want to say that difficult to really get on the same page, but it does take work. It's not necessarily hard, hard, hard work, but it's not going to be just, well, we had one conversation and it's all good. You know, and the sexual boundaries, kind of like we said earlier, they are continually worked out throughout the course of the relationship. I don't know that we ever reach a point where everything is 100 percent decided and there's no new information that gets brought into the situation. I think a lot of it also is people I know when I was younger, I'll just speak for me. When I was younger, it was something I was scared to talk about because honestly, I was embarrassed to talk about it. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah, it's like we aren't given a lot of spaces where it doesn't feel embarrassing. And I, I think, you know, 
over the last few decades, especially in the time that I have been doing this work as a sex therapist, I have seen more and more um, groups and people trying to put, you know, good, healthy sexual interaction out there into the world. But I do think there's a long way to go. You know, as long as we still have people that will say the following words, well, if he wants to have sex, you might as well just do what he wants. No, as long as we have that existing in the society we live in, we're going to continue to have to have conversations about healthy sexual boundaries because no one should be obligatorily doing anything from any perspective, really, but specifically for today's conversation from a sexual perspective. That is not how we want to be operating. And if there really is truly a desire discrepancy or some sort of an issue that is coming to the surface because the sex sexual aspect isn't happening, that can be worked through, but you're not going to solve relationship issues through sex. That is not a, like, that's not an equation that's ever going to balance. It can mask issues. It can be a way to sort of forget about the issues for a little bit or ignore them or to maybe numb out even with sexual activity, but you're not going to have those issues go away. One can't solve the other. They have to be worked on kind of simultaneously. So when I have a couple that starts with me, I'll say, okay, we can't do, you know, the relationship coaching without talking about the sexual aspect. We can't do the sexual aspect without talking some about the health of the relationship and where you are on that scale, because these things are going to play off of each other. Yeah, uh, it's not like it is on TV, you know what I mean? Sex doesn't solve all the problems, man, especially being in a relationship for a little bit of time. That's another area that you need to work on, you know, mm-hmm. your sexual Absolutely. relationship. Yeah, and that like that newness aspect and the kind of, you know, easy to tap into emotion that's there at the beginning, that new relationship energy, that doesn't sustain itself for the life of the relationship usually. And that's not a knock on anybody's relationship because I always have people that want to say, yeah, but it is in mine. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. That is amazing. But it's not that way for everyone. And I would even argue the, the majority of people it's not that way for. And so because of that, there is a certain amount of negotiating these sexual boundaries that has to happen. In addition, if you aren't in a relationship, making sure that when you are engaging with someone or considering engaging with someone, that you're making it very clear what you are and aren't okay with beforehand, as well as in the moment of. And then also, if there is an issue or something that didn't go the way you wanted it to go, being able to talk about it is also very important. If you're on the side where maybe you're more the pursuer, make sure you're getting consent. Don't assume things, you know, especially if it's a new interaction. Just because someone has said yes once does not mean it's a yes forever. And it's also possible for someone to sort of withdraw that consent, even in the middle of some act occurring. It's okay to stop, take a breather, take a step back, renegotiate the terms of the arrangement so that everyone feels, you know, that their boundaries are being respected. It's not hard, but that doesn't mean it's easy at the same time. It's kind of in between, but it does take work and it's possible. That's what I'm here to say more than anything. It is possible to figure out. You can follow me on the Instagrams at rcashcomedy. Is that what you wanted me to do? I was getting that look from you like. 
cracking me up. Yes, that was awesome. Um, that being said, if you do want to follow what I've got going on, go to lindsaywalden.com. All my info is there, how to work with me, how to get on my waiting list for my workshops, as well as how to get your relationship communication guide. You can definitely subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so that you're always aware when a new episode drops every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central Time. Also, follow me on social media, on Facebook, at Lindsay Walden Consulting, on Instagram and TikTok, it's at This Is Lindsay Walden. On Pinterest, it's Lindsay Walden or Therapy Thoughts. You can find me either way. And also on Clubhouse, I'm in a lot of rooms throughout the week talking about various therapy and relationship topics. I am at Lindsay.Walden. Until next week, I do hope you keep living your best life and building that relationship of your dreams. And we will be back with more.